Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. So Proverbs 5, I will be there in a second. So, or Proverbs 4 rather, but we'll, we'll be there in a second. So I want, I, I'm actually asking right now, uh, what do you guys think of holiday music? Love it. Okay. Oh, okay. So we've got a bunch of people that love it. Okay. That's, that's then, um, I love it until maybe about right now. I've got a week of holiday music in me, and that's about it. And I, I, maybe it makes me a Grinch or somebody who's a weirdo. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I really have about a week. And so we're, like, reaching the expiry limit right now. Uh, pretty soon here we're going to be at the limit for uh, my uh, endurance for holiday music or my, my love of holiday music. They've got, like, a few new Different songs now, I suppose, that, that Bianca was showing me on the pop radio stations uh, or something like that. So whatever that, that, that has strewn me along a little bit further, but I was listening on the way to church this morning, and I was like, man, I just have to turn it off. I, I don't have the energy for it. Uh, so but today we're talking a little bit about the holidays. We're actually talking about how to survive the holidays spiritually. And so the, the title of the, the lesson today is The Holiday Spiritual Survival Guide. And we, we understand that there's so many different seasons that, that we have to focus in on. And there's right starting out when the kids are getting right back in school. And we got to focus in on that and lock in and figure out X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's a little bit chaotic. And, and then there, there's seasons of the summertime where you're, you're just having an awesome, uh, enjoyable time, right? And you're like, let's just be able to, to be and where we're going to travel a little bit. Now there's another time right now, and it's this holiday season. So we're going to talk how to survive spiritually during this time, or really how to thrive spiritually during this time. So in, in Proverbs 4, uh, 25, it, it just says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet, and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left, Keep your foot from evil. Now pause here. This proverb is, is really, it's on the path for wisdom. And, and what the author is saying is to look straight ahead and be focused and, and not look to the left or to the right. And this phrase, this phrasing, turning to the left or to the right, was actually a pretty often used phrase in, in, uh, in the Old Testament, certainly, that you, you can do a little bit, if you spent a little bit of time and just did left or right, or you typed in something, it, it, would, it would talk all about, you know, don't turn to the left or right, as these people did, and look straight ahead. And, and for right now, though, I, I, I really want to help us to see what is straight ahead of us then, or, or what we are going to focus on. Uh, amen? Great. Uh, if, you, if you took any length of time, and we're not going to do it right now, but if you stood up, and you decided that you're going to turn to the right and walk straight, and so just turn your head and then still walk straight. 
I think you'd have a pretty difficult time doing it. It wouldn't be the easiest thing in the world. I, we did this at, in a Bible discussion years ago, and, and it was a blast because you saw these really coordinated people have a pretty difficult time walking more than 20 or 30 steps on this, this straight and narrow, if you will. But if you're focused straight ahead, I, I think we'll do a good job of, of walking straight ahead. Uh, so I got three points for us this morning as we dig in. And they're quick little short points, really seeing what's straight ahead of us and what are we going to focus on. And, and the first is to connect creatively. Uh, we're, we're over here in John 9. And th- there's something so interesting about Jesus' ministry that maybe you, you've noticed it as well or maybe you haven't noticed it. But Jesus never heals people the same way twice. And there, there's similarities in different areas, and, 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 but there's different times when he just literally takes people by the hand and picks them up. There's some people that he, they don't even ask for it, and he decides to help them. There's others that he just commanded, take up your mat. There's some that, that he asks them to tell, hey, what do you really want? And then he does what they really want. There's others that he said, go wash here, and then you'll be healed. And, and then there's even others where, where he allows the individual who's sick to touch him and then he heals him. And so there, there's so many incredible ways. We're going to read one that's actually a little bit confusing. And I, I really want to make this point that, that for, for you and I, this is a season where we're not going, it's not really usual or normal how we're interacting with people, right? That I, I would put before you that probably your holiday Thanksgiving looked different. I would say Christmas is likely going to look a little bit different as well. Less people, less comfortability uh, being together. You're, we're probably not able to, to go do maybe some different Christmas caroling that you're used to. All this stuff's a little bit different. And so in the same way that Jesus was incredibly creative and there wasn't just this one way that he did things, I, I would say for you and I, if we're going to try to connect with people, we ought to do things a little bit creatively as well. It'd be open to being creative as well. And this is it just says here, it's, it's, really, it's really a little bit confusing and, and kind of gross. It says, in, in verse 1, it says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So that was the, the common belief was that somebody had to sin if he was going to be blind. And, and Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent, uh, sorry, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Okay. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told them, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the men went and washed and came home seeing. And just pause here. There, there's so much to pull out of this scripture that we're not going to do it. It actually, it's pretty inspiring, honestly. If you even keep reading through and you see Jesus with this confrontation with the Pharisees and he totally shows them the way that God had intended and that it was totally different than, than what the world had thought was normal and, and obvious and and. He, he does have this interaction, though, and you think about how, how crazy it would have been. And Jesus, it, today, it would have been mind-blowing. In that day, it w- would have still been peculiar and maybe not as mind-blowing, but he spits on the ground. This man doesn't even ask to see, actually. 
they, they just said, hey, why is he even blind? This man's like, I don't, I mean, I'm just here. And, and he spits on the ground. He, he mixes it up. This is weird, right? And then he puts on the guy's eyes. And, and the image that we get, or at least what, how, it, how it's communicated, is that even when he, when he puts it on the guy's eyes, the guy still actually can't see. Uh, so, so think about being the guy in that situation. And you have this muddy, dirty, like saliva mess in your eyes. And then you're told to go and, and wash. And then once you wash, then you're going to be able to see. Crazy. I, I guess from what I understand in that day, the saliva was viewed as having some kind of healing properties of sorts. And so there's, there's actually a different story where Jesus uh, does some other stuff with uh, when he spits and he puts it on someone's mouth. And, and, it, and it's kind of goofy as well. But, but I guess it had some healing properties that it would have communicated that, okay, this is, he's here to help or he's here to heal. But it's still really weird. Um, in a different situation, you know, I, I, I know that, you know, for us, that, that we're not going to be the ones that spit and then, and then put stuff on people's eyes. That's not what we're saying. But, but I think it's, it's worthwhile to, to really consider and think about, well, what can we do that's outside of the box and that's a little bit creative? If we're going to connect with each other, certainly, but then with, with outside people that, that really need connection. Uh, there, there was no magic bullet to Jesus' ministry, and there shouldn't be a magic bullet to our ministry either. Uh, you, you think about, right, Paul was in prison, uh, and, and he decided that, that what he wanted to do is be physically with people, but he, well, I'm in prison, I can't do that, and so I'm going to write letters. And actually, he wrote letters, and then he communicated, it's Colossians 4, you don't have to turn there, but Colossians 4, he actually says, now this letter that I wrote to you, why don't you share it with this other church and take the letter that I wrote to them and then, and then read it as well. What I, what I mean to communicate again is that I'm sure Paul wanted to go face-to-face, talk to these groups. In fact, he says as much in so many of his letters. But under the circumstances, he was unable to. And so he was creative in the way that, that he connected with, with them. Again, you and I, I we've got to be creative as well. I, I want to challenge you guys, even just this week, to take a little bit of time to consider what you're going to do to remain connected to the body for sure, and then to other people as well. And and really, guys, I think it's such a cool, it's an, it really is a unique experience that we can actually be physically here worshiping. Understand, and maybe you guys understand already, there's so many people who, who don't, uh, are not able to do this. One, they don't, they don't know that, that we're here, one. But then, honestly, there's some that, that don't feel uh, comfortable or safe doing it. And actually, amen to that. That's, that's, not, uh, that's not an issue. But what I mean to say is so many people are craving spiritual connection, but also physical closeness and, and, and an emotional connection as well. And we have the opportunity to provide that in some way, shape, or form. I, I think we ought to be considering how we can do that. The, 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 the next thing, if we're on this holiday survival guide, and so one is we've got to be creative in connection. The second is that, that we have to be faithful by being thankful. Uh, it's in Psalm 27, and I was meditating on this scripture today. And so, so David, this is a time, they don't know exactly when it was written. It was widely considered really the first part of, of David's time where he was said that, hey, you're going to be king but he didn't have this, this kingship yet. And so he was running away from Saul left and right. And, and it's a really difficult situation that he finds himself in. And you guys understand over the last four or three weeks, we've been talking a little bit about it. But he, he just he, he communicates this. Uh, he's talking to God. And, and he just says in verse 12, it says, Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, 
for false witnesses rise up against me spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David perhaps is in a cave right now being chased and death is in, in so many ways really at his doorstep. If he doesn't move in a couple of days, he could die. And yet he's, he's writing this to God. And before that, there's, there's times you read in the Psalms, he's sharing his emotion. He's saying, there's, feels like there's nothing good. I, there's, I can't do anything right. These people are against me. And then he, he, he does, he closes this though. He said, I'm going to see the goodness of God. And you, you can read in so many different Psalms, even just Psalm 34. Again, maybe just write this down. It just says, I'll extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who took to him are, who looked to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. You know, we, we, we read, and I, I want to bring out something that's true of all faithful people, is there are also people who are extremely thankful as well. You, you think about being someone who, who lives in a posture of being grateful to God, is going to be somewhat grateful to God, and you think about all the good stuff God has done, if you're thankful and you're grateful for God and what he's done, then what's going to happen is you're going to be able to see how God can work in situations where you don't really see a clear solution. You're going to be able to see God in a way that, that actually is, is super impressive, that he's able to work in times that, that don't seem so logical. Uh, this, this is just a reality and a truth of everyone who, who decides to be thankful. I think in this season, we have to make a lot of effort, maybe at times, you think, look at 2020, but to be those who are extremely thankful for what God has done. You know, I, I just, I just took it, and if, if I were to ask right now, what, what do you have to be thankful for, how quickly would you start saying things? If you would say, well, I'm grateful for a lot of things, and just kind of left it at that and weren't very clear, then I, I, would, I would say we, we have to grow to a spot. I, just, I literally just took five minutes to write down the stuff that I'm thankful for just that happened in 2020, and I granted, I, I'm, I, there's so many more. This is just... In a five-minute thing, I would challenge you guys, just take five minutes. What, what kind of things can you think of in just five minutes this week? I'm thankful to be part of a small church that we can worship physically together. It's a luxury that I, we would not have. I, I did not have in Milwaukee when, during the pandemic. And the, because there's, just, there's too many people, it's too close of a space, right? You'd have to get a group for a for thousand. Nobody's renting out. And there's so many different hurdles. We're able to meet here, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm thankful that I met all of you, I, with the exception, in this room. No, no, sorry. With, sorry, yeah. with the exception of Alec and... 
Let me finish. Yeah, yeah, that didn't work well. So with, with the exception of Alec, I don't, I didn't have any relationship really with any one of you. Uh, as I, as I really think about it, yeah, there you go. That's the finish to that. I, I'm thankful for all of you in this room. Period. With the exception of Alec, I didn't know any uh, any of you before this year, right? Right. Think about it. So, so nobody really, honestly, nobody committed to coming on this mission team prior to the new year. And so, so consider that, right? That that there's so many relationships and connections that we've made, and just it's not even a new year yet. In, a, in eleven months, and for so many of us, it's more like four or five months. I'm thankful. Now, hear me. I'm thankful that my daughter is actually really easy. She's been like such a a huge uh, blessing. And we, I mean, me and Bianca have talked about it. We're like, man, if she was very fussy, you know, what we do, we'd love her just the same. And it would, and I'd be thankful that she's a little bit fussy because it would force me to learn and to grow in ways that I'm uncomfortable with. But she's so easy. She's made this transition so easy on us. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for all of the energy that's been invested in me by other people. And so I think about even being here. You guys know Ben Weatherston has come and spoken. We'll, we meet on a weekly basis. And then there's different points throughout the week. I'll give him a call or he'll call me and we'll, we'll kind of create a little bit of a connection that way as well. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I have, that at any, at any drop of a hat, I can pick up and call a half dozen ministers who I really respect and have context with. And we can talk for five minutes and I can get, you know, an hour's worth of advice in a short period of time. Just investment has been made to me. I, right now, I really believe that I'm, I'm reaping uh, great benef- benefits from being such a uh, from from growing in my friendships with people. It's been something that over the last probably few years, really, I've worked on, and I feel, man, I'm so thankful though that God is making it so obvious. This is the guy to to, to be friends with, and 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 then on top of that, I've made a few new recipes this year. I learned how to make pho with Joe as well. You know. Just a few things, right? I, literally just a few things, but, but are they on the tip of our tongues? Are they are what we're always thinking about. And again, if we are those who are constantly grateful, we are going to be those who are very faithful. If we're giving praise to God at where he's taken us, then we're, it's going to be a little bit more clear where we're going. Take this holiday time to be extremely thankful for 2020. My, my last point is, and this is where it, it really just sounds, maybe this whole lesson a little bit sounds like a, a self-help type of thing. That's not my intention, but, but my, my last point here is to invest in yourself. And this is, it's in 1 Timothy 4. It just, it just says that this is Paul, great church leader, talking to Timothy, a, a budding church leader. And, and he says in 1 Timothy 4, verse 6, if you point these things out, to the brothers and sisters. So basically how to live life and, and how to be keen on some, some really uh, be thoughtful about the teaching that you teach and, and honestly be, be thoughtful about the Bible. So if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. 
what is it? Investment in self. Well, I, I just, I, I lock into this phrase. It just says, train yourself to be godly. And, and in this season, seriously, there's, there's going to be some more time that we're a little bit more by ourselves than usual. And I, I want to challenge us to use that time to train ourselves to be godly. And actually, right before that, really, he, Paul communicates what, what that looks like. It's knowing what the good teaching is. So what is the right teaching? So you say, well, the Bible, okay, that's, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and different facets of, of the Holy Spirit, definitely. And, and understanding the fruits of this, all that stuff. Yeah. Knowing what the good teaching is, knowing what the bad teaching is, right? He says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales. And, and then there's this, this call to remain consistent, right? That's why we labor and strive. And so these three things that we're considering, what does it look like then over this holiday to invest in ourselves and our spirituality? Well, that, that does look like being extremely thoughtful about either it's growing, man, I want to know more about what the Bible teaches and what it says and, and this area. And I, I don't know, honestly, there's, so I, every, every time there's a holiday season, I actually really look forward to it because it gives us a chance to breathe. But then it also, it's like, man, this is the time now that I can dig into some, maybe some deeper Bible stuff that I don't know that I have the, the capacity to, to learn, especially when I was in school. I don't have the capacity to read extra books and also uh, do well in school. But as soon as I'm done with this, this time and now it's holiday, now I can really dig in to some spiritual meat right here. And so maybe that's, maybe that's you. Maybe you've got a really good book that you're thinking of. But then knowing what the, the bad teaching is as well, I think, I think you ought to read the good teaching, but, but whatever, I mean, it's, it's helpful to know what's going on out there. Maybe there's why do I believe what I believe type of stuff that you can really dig into and figure out what the Bible teaches on some difficult topics. And then the idea just to remain consistent throughout all of, all of this time, there's going to be, I mean, I'll wake up slightly later, but now with Jordan, it's, it's a pretty consistent, uh, pretty consistent pattern, I would say, but go ahead and, and yeah, wake up a little bit later. If, if you have a few, you know, a couple days off, fine, but I would say remain consistent in the time that you spend with God. And, and it's going to help us as we, as we really invest in ourselves and then become stronger spiritually in this time. Uh, there, there's, and I, and I share this. So there's, uh, there's a basketball player that he's widely considered to be like maybe the, the number two or three in mean, the top three basketball players of all time. His name is LeBron James. And certainly, I, I assume we've all heard his name. And so right now, so he's been playing since 2003, and he's been playing at a really high level since that time. He, the, the thing right now that's so impressive about that, so even if you're not a sports fan, I think I'm sharing it in a way I hope you can appreciate so that, that he's played for such a long period of time, and he's remained very consistent and consistently one of the best. And there, there's been people that have looked and like he's, he's shattered, so there's the, the, the minutes that someone plays in the playoffs, a lot of times it's viewed as every minute you play, it's like a minute and a half of a regular season game because the tension there is higher. You're playing with more energy. And can, but he has the most playoff minutes played. He has the most playoff games played of all time now. And, and he's moving up the total minutes played list uh, pretty quickly. He's going to be, when, he, when his career's over, he's going to be the number one. He's going to have played the most time possible uh, of, of any player, the most minutes played in, in NBA games. And then I share that, and he's playing at such a high level that people have dug into what makes this guy unique. And, and this is what he does. He actually he spends $1.5 million a year 
on himself, on his, on to keep his body in good shape. And so I'm going to say some words that we have no idea what they mean, but this communicates what he does. He does cryotherapy. He uses hyperbaric chambers and he, he uses Normatec leg boots. Okay. And I've never used uh, any cryotherapy. I've never used a hyperbaric chamber and I've never used Normatec leg boots, but I, I understand that they, they help you uh, to have a longer NBA career. They've looked at this guy's diet and it's so incredibly consistent. People have, have asked him again, what's, what, what is his diet? How does it change in the off season? And he responded, there is no off season for, for, for my diet. And so he, he remains extremely consistent. He cuts entire things out and he adds things in and he has personal trainers and chefs all in an effort to continue to, to play at a really high level. Uh, I, I, again, I share all of that. Say, you think about how incredible it is to spend one and a half million dollars on anything. Um, I, I, again, I don't know your guys' income, but I would say nobody in this room, I don't think, makes, makes over one and a half million dollars a year. And, and if you do, that's awesome. You know, then we'll, we'll be uh, financially independent pretty soon here if that's the case. But, uh, but he spends so much money. He makes, he makes a bunch. He's able to. I mean to communicate, nobody else is, is spending that amount of time and energy, but it gets back a bunch. And, and for you and I, let, let's be intentional about what we're spending. We, if we don't, we don't have all that much money, maybe, or we don't have as much money as this, but we can, we can spend a lot of time considering and growing closer to God. This is the investment in, in ourselves that, that, that we're talking about. What, what do you want to learn over break? As we, as we kind of close up here a little bit, I, I hope that, that the idea of focusing straight ahead, I hope it's a little bit clearer what we're actually focusing on. There's, there's the saying that if, if you aim small, then you'll miss small. What it's saying is if, is if you have a really centralized aim, then when you miss, it's just a little bit off. And I, and I think for us spiritually, I, I want to I challenge us to, to do the same kind of thing. Go ahead and aim really small. Make a point. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to write. As you think about what am I going to do to be creative, uh, connect creatively, I'm going to do these things. And, and go ahead and, and make it a really something that you know that there's a there's a metric I can measure it. I know that I'm writing cards for everybody and I know that whatever, January third or whatever when we come back together that if I've done I know if I've done that or not. You know what I'm saying? If we if we can aim really small, I, I even a small miss then is still is still a great victory. Uh, so as we as we think about these things, I, I do want to welcome up right now the song team and they're going to lead us in a song and then Karin is going to pray for the communion. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Save my souls.